Good morning, Kenyans. The war to end all wars. For those who don't know, this was a statement made by a man uh, known as H.G. Wells. H.G. Uh, Wells was an author and um, he mostly authored um, fiction. You know, uh, the book The War of the Worlds and by the, this is early 1900s and he was putting out ideas like um, uh, an invasion by Martians on Earth which was pretty much new and so he was by the time the First World War rolls around in 1914 he's very much a famous person and um, he makes a statement he is to write articles uh, condemning the war of course and unlike many people he was able to see um, many people at that time he was able to see where this war was going how devastating it was going to be uh, and that's why he says now that this is truly the war to end all wars because he's thinking and that of many people at that time is that this war is going to be so devastating that mankind will lose appetite for wars but obviously <laughs> in hindsight and because we have the privilege of history we all know that <laughs> world war was not the war to end all wars in fact there was world war ii and so many others in between and afterward. But I'm going to pick up from that particular statement because in fact there is a war that is ongoing and that has been ongoing for a very long time. And that war is really and truly the war to end all wars. So what war am I talking about? I'm talking about the struggle for liberty. And it's really not what you might think. Um, in Kenya, for example, every day people are uh, decrying the government, corruption, all of these ugly things. They have come to define this country. Uh, and really every other country, but here at home, we are looking at what is happening with big people, with big positions, and people who um, have a swing influence in government. And I think we know um, there is a culture of, of corruption, of, of stealing public resources. And it makes people very angry. It makes people talk about revolution, it makes people um, consider some very radical ideas. And also it, it heats up the, the national mood. Um, and so you have uh, activists and um, civil society and various other groupings, um, formal or informal, where people are constantly 
uh, fighting for their rights they want to attain to freedom to liberty and get away from this tyranny of you know corruption and mismanagement and um, and you know uh, agun politics and that's okay that's fine um but i'd like to just maneuver my way through history to make a certain point about true liberty what is actually at stake and what is really happening um as you can see from history for example there is a french uh, prime minister from the 18 mid 1800s uh by the name francois guizot uh, actually spelled g u i z o t guizot was funnily enough was a historian and there is something with an historian um his skin let me say uh they are able to look through patterns there's a reason for that why does history have patterns well you know the people normally say that history repeats itself that's kind of a half truth uh in reality you know history is 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 the way i put it in the book is that it's aggregate data on on human nature Uh, because it's is the record of the human condition or or human nature so all those events all those dates names events all those things that uh are the boring details of history that is just data on the actions that stem from human nature and so there is no better tool uh, with which we can use with which to study human nature I think you've heard me say this many times on this podcast, right? So uh, this is what history is, and really, it appears to repeat itself because that one constant, human nature, is there. And how is it constant? It's constant because um, human nature, because human nature is flawed. it's broken they would say it, uh as, as christians is that it's sinful okay it has a tendency towards evil so this is why history appears to always be repeating itself because it's it's recording the same same uh thing that human nature is broken um, and and There's this particular quote uh, which is <laughs> uh, quite cheeky uh, by some Clements uh, it says that uh, that uh, history does not repeat itself but it it it, it seems to rhyme okay <coughs> all right so let's look at history let's try and understand this war that is supposed to really end all wars how did it begin how will it end very briefly so when you type in on google or whatever such engine when you type in the word liberty one of the things that will show up is the monument in new york um it's commonly referred to as the statue of liberty 
and um, there are very many interesting things about this monument people always wonder okay who is this woman who has this uh, pointy yellow on her head uh, and uh, she's holding a torch again if you know history you would know that nothing happened in a vacuum um, this particular monument um, was envisioned from 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 something in history so the woman is called libertas and uh, libertas is the roman goddess of liberty or freedom um, you find that uh, later on uh, she became the symbol for the populares so in rome you had you had optimates and populares that's in Rome political life when it was still a republic, um, and and the populares were you know populists. Uh, uh, you could call them democrats, right? Uh, the optimates were the conservatives. You can call them republicans, and obviously you you can have similarities there because the optimates were big business people. So are the populares, but the populares tended towards um, the masses, the needs of the masses. Those are the two factions, and the the populares used libertas as their symbol. Um, if I can give you examples of populares, you have the Krakai brothers, um, who are in that faction, and then you have um, people like Marius. Uh, Salah, his enemy, the enemy of Marius, was uh, Optimates, obviously. Um, and then, obviously, later on, after them, you have Caesar, Julius, who was Popularis. So, who is Libertas? Um, in in ancient, um, you know, pagan religions, you usually had a male and female form of the same deity. Libertas is the female form of Mithra, and um, Mithra is an ancient sun god. Now, I just like to read a small portion of a book that I highly recommend. Uh, the book is titled "The Two Babylons." It was published in 1853. It's titled "The Two Babylons," and uh, it was published in 1853. The author. Uh, is Alexander Hyslop or Hyslop Alexander Hyslop who was a um, uh, Church of Scotland minister um, and if you know anything about what was going on at that time in the mid 1800s this is just about the time Guzot was uh, giving his lectures um, you had the so-called Oxford conferences, uh, which were going on in the Church of England. Okay, there's a difference: Church of Scotland, Church of England. Um, but they're both Protestant. Um, in the 1840s, you had the so-called Oxford conferences, and it was a series of uh, doctrinal meetings that were slated to to revert the Anglican Church back to Catholicism. So, and 
it was done. It's interesting. There's quite some people don't know this, even Anglican don't know this. There's a bit of subversion by the Catholic Church going on there. Uh, because before that time, they didn't pray to saints, they didn't have uh, images or you know statues of saints or Mary or whatever. Even their clothing as priests were different. It was more of a Protestant church than a Catholicized church as it is today. And with all the, uh, and even like doctrinal you know, certain things, um, the, which had gone off uh, since the days of King James. But anyway, that was what was going on. And the counter-reaction happened in the Church of Scotland, which looked at the Church of England and what was going on. It's infiltration by Catholicism. And they were like, oh no, we don't want to be like that. And they doubled down on being Protestant even more. And so amongst, from that revival, um, this is a bit of what came through um, in around those periods. So you have Alexander Hislop writing this book to warn uh, the people of the English-speaking world and the people of the Anglican Church about the connections between many of the of Catholicism's uh, rites and rituals uh, with the ancient. Uh, Babylonish and pagan religions. So the book comes highly recommended. But let me read this about Mithra. Um, this is what he says, page 158, uh, that that uh, uh, he says that uh, that that Mithra was exhibited in sculpture as a lion, and that lion had a bee represented between his lips. The bee between the lips of the sun god, that's Mitra, was intended to point him out as the word. For Dabar, the expression which signifies in Chaldean, a bee, signifies also a word. And the position of the bee in the mouth leaves no doubt as to the idea intended to be conveyed. Okay. It was intended to impress the belief that Mithra, um, who according to Plutarch was worshipped as Mesites, the mediator, in his character as Uranus, the enlightener, was no other than the glorious one of whom the evangelist John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, in him was life, in the life of the light of man. So Mithra is the sun god, and what's happening here is there's a perversion of biblical truth. Because um, Mithra, who is really representing the devil, okay, uh, and because Lucifer, Lucifer's, the light bearer, um, and and it's it's perverted to to refer to. The position of Christ as the one, the enlightener, right? the one who brings true light. It's the same thing here because remember the female form of Mithra is Libertas. And so people look at that statue, they don't know it's actually a symbol of Satan. 
with his fake light mm, with his fake liberty and let me give an actual example from history to to differentiate between true liberty and what uh, fake liberty can look like so i'd like to differentiate to differentiate between two revolutions i do this in the book i've done this on previous blogs as well and um, i think i've talked about it in this podcast there is a lot you can learn between the difference uh, from the difference uh, between the american revolution and the french revolution the american revolution came first uh, the whole thing began in 1776 a very interesting year because in 1776 may the first uh, is the day when the illuminati was founded uh, earlier on earlier in the year is the is is the year in the time when uh, adam smith wrote his book wealth of nations so 1776 is a year that is very crucial um to history to many things and to many people um but the french revolution came later the 17 i think 1788 1789 and um and so what is the difference between these two revolutions um both of them were claiming about liberty they have claims on liberty in fact the french revolution was was attempting the french were attempting to copy and duplicate the american revolution but why did their results become so different to that of the american revolution um see both of them were looking for liberty uh, but in the american revolution uh, there was something that was missing from the french revolution yes and what is this thing well the french revolution was an attempt at liberty without the idea of god missing that again when you remove god from the picture because remember it was atheistic okay when you remove god from the picture and you attempt liberty you end up with the french revolution you end up with the gulletin and the reign of terror okay in the american revolution which was preceded uh, by the great awakening um the preaching of of the Wesley brothers for example who founded the Methodist church and many others like them so those are great it was a, a revolution of principles like of good principles but it was based on uh bringing people back to the word of god and creating a virtuous people and it was successful it gave birth to um the most longest serving 
constitution in 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 modern times right um and that has created stability for america and prosperity for america as well but the key point is in that equation the key point is there was a moral revolution first and then that moral revolution played out in the realm of political um and governmental issues and so the french are attempting liberty they want to get rid of the monarchy and set up rights and all that but without undergoing a moral revolution first and in many ways this is how I also view what is happening in Kenya people are constantly you know railing about as you say like corruption and all these things but what needs to happen first is some kind of education in the hearts of men before any meaningful uh political change can occur there has to be a spiritual revival amongst the people of this country so that we can better appreciate the principles of true liberty and we can do our best to to replicate those principles um into our system of government but you know it goes deeper than that uh you know truly bati by the the whole thing is is fundamentally a government issue let me explain what i mean uh the you know there's a difference between uh politics and government okay and and this is why personally i don't get involved in politics because or even commenting or um like just getting involved <laughs> because politics is based on individuals it's based on what men do or rather and 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 even like what these individual people are doing it can change in a whim usually i look at political pundits or analysts or scientists uh and and it's all speculation unless you're in the room when you are planning and you're there when they're executing it's all speculation right um and and it's more like an elevated form of gossip let me say i know i'm being harsh but it's it's, it's the fact it's the reality uh it might be better if we spoke about principles of government rather than politics okay um because when you're talking about politics you're talking about individuals what they are doing and that's where people start on and so cool they they're planning against each other and plotting and on a, you know they um they abuse one another and they take part and play this grand game of mind 
um, and trying to to gain as many voters as possible, etc., etc. Like I understand um, about politicking, but um, I would say that the issues of liberty are fundamentally a government issue and not a politics issue. Um, let me qualify that. Um, I don't know where I got this quote from. Um, or maybe I came up with it. <laughs> anyway, I have it in the book. And the, the statement is as follows. Uh, he who cannot govern himself should not govern others. So basically, um, because uh, self-government is the only true form of self of, of government. Any other form of government is an imposter or it is anarchy and rebellion against self-government. The reason I say this in the book is because God himself okay how does God how does God operate? God operates on self-government. He governs himself. And this gift of self-government, he has given to each and every, he has given capacity for it to each and every of his intelligent creatures. So angels, men, and whatever else is out there that is intelligent. And so... um. And this is why, coming back to the main issue at hand, the gospel is an issue about government. Which government are you going to have? Are you going to have self-government under God, which is the gospel? Or are you going to have a fake form of self-government, which is what Lucifer attempted to do? He tried to say, I want to be free. I want liberty from this divine being. He wants to govern himself the way he sees fit. And that was fake liberty. It was, for all intents and purposes, the first form of the French Revolution. Uh, let, let, me, let, me, let me give us a verse here. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty with Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage so these are liberty and that liberty is the true self-government by the way the idea of a republic is based on self-government um, and and um, you know when 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 the, the way the Romans put it res publica this public thing. Um, maybe I'll have to explain that history, but uh, self-government is because it's, it's based on the idea that every individual is self-governing. And so the difference, uh, a republic is an elevated form of democracy. I usually say a more evolved form of democracy uh, where People 
yes the majority rule but the but majority rule is not absolute <laughs> so democracy is majority rule or even mob rule but uh, a republic is the rule of law and when he says law it's talking about a constitution so the the way abraham lincoln uh, wrote about it he said that um, the constitutional majority in a republic is the only true majority so there it is the rule of law the rule of that law that supreme law that constitution it has to be a constitutional majority now uh and so and so uh you get to choose uh, or and and things come out from that because uh, things like uh, mm, government by the consent of the governed and the personification like the the real crystallization of this idea of self government is what takes place a few lines later in galatians 5 uh from verse 22 so i'll read it but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law especially uh, there apokwa temperance which is self control okay just another way of saying self government and then paul says against such there is no law and what he means is that you if you have these things you cannot be there's no law that can be against you um and and if if there's something that is against you when you have these things um or other uh, that is against these things then it's not really a law is it anyway the the, the, the and, and so the gospel itself is 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 the government of god delivered to us human beings because it was originally there uh with the angels for example we were self-governed under god and we lost it because of sin which then uh had its effect on our nature uh what is another way of saying nature like when you say ah that is that is that person's nature well you're saying basically that is how they operate that is the principles upon which they live right um in other ways we can say that is the law in their nature as paul puts it so there is a law of our nature and then there is the law of the spirit and so the, the whole idea of government is about making uh, interpreting and enforcing laws right that's why you have three arms of government or branches uh the executive to execute the legislative to make and the judiciary to interpret 
So the whole idea of government is about laws. Um, and when 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 Paul here says that against these, against such, against these principles, this so-called fruit of the spirit, there is no law that can be against it. Alright? It simply means that there is no there's no principle that can stand in its way, and also there's no law that can condemn it. There is no government that can be against these things. Because these things are fundamentally the principle of the government of God. I know it's a lot, but... <laughs> um, and, and this is what Lucifer uh, forsook. He was trying to to create a government without the true principles of a government. Um, in the book, I, 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 I try to explain how... Well, I, well, I explain how um, it's a futile attempt uh okay like okay the way i say it is like all governments that we know that we can see here government of kenya nini nini they are all unnecessary and yet they are necessary at the same time uh they are unnecessary because they <laughs> um well, in the reality of things, they are not needed. Because if all men had the fruit of the Spirit, there would be no need for police. There would be no need for laws. There would be no need for... Because you'd have God dwelling in you through His Spirit. And He would bring harmony. He would bring peace. He would bring... Um, tranquility, prosperity, as it is in heaven, right? But these governments are also necessary because there is the problem of sin. And so, uh, because men are incapable of governing themselves, okay, they need to be governed. <laughs> There's the need for, quote-unquote, Caesar, right? As Paul puts it in the book of Romans, the state. So, um, this is why they are there. So, they are both unnecessary and necessary at the same time. Do you think there will be uh, any need for government of Kenya when Christ comes back? Or, let me say, uh, when, when God establishes the new kingdom? Okay, there's, there'll be no need. Why? Because the actual true government would have, you know, established itself. So, what this, these governments, they say it's, it, they, they are imposters. But they are necessary imposters. <laughs> they, they, are, they are holding the line for the time being. And even while they're there, they are 
woefully misrepresenting the idea of government. That's why, because they are staffed with humans, and humans have a problem. Sin, okay, corruption, and and wherever you go, you're going to have that problem. And this is why I usually feel that these people who want, they're like, oh, Kenyan leaders are bad, etc. Yes, but hum- they are bad because humans are bad. Okay. Um, the way James Madison puts it, he says, um, I, I, th- I, I believe it's in the third list papers, um, that uh, if men were angels, No, 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 no. I think it's one of his letter, other letters. He says, um, he says that um, that uh, angels. No, men are not angels, so they need to be governed. But angels do not govern men. And what he means is, they're still governed by men. <laughs> so who governs the government? You're gonna need. A written law that will be in control of the governed. That written law, that constitution, is what will keep things in check. But it's still not absolute because it doesn't solve the primary problem of the sinful fallen human nature. And so, I mean, we can go into that you know, constitutionalism and all that stuff, and the need. But at the end of the day, the only thing that solves the issue is the gospel. And even as we pursue good, sensible ideas of arranging powers in government, not taking part in politics, but talking about, hey, if you ask me, I'm going to give you ideas on how to to, to arrange so that at least we can have a semblance and or rather even just peace and uh, prosperity and so that we govern as best as we can as human beings. We're going to talk about that, sure. Uh, but we must also remember that at the end of the day, the issue is this, the, the, the real problem is a sinful fallen human nature and no amount of governmental restructuring can take care of that problem okay the only thing that solves it is everyone or majority of us inculcating into our lives the government of god and therefore the law of the spirit um so, let me finish up here. The war began in heaven. Isaiah fourteen twelve to 15 uh, and Revelation 12, verse 7 explains this. With an, a being called Lucifer and he wants, he's attempting liberty, he's attempting to set up a government. Um, but that government is mistaken. And, and so, uh, it's, he's attempting to form a government outside the government of God. 
he's attempting to set up self-government in the wrong manner. And it's not really self-government. You become a slave to your passions. You become a slave uh, to Satan eventually. And, um, and for this he was thrown out of heaven. But he continued his war on earth. When you read there in Revelation chapter 12. And, uh, and this war uh, will be brought to an end. And, and even as we're looking at the, history, the, the events that are happening, this war is continuing today. In many ways than one. There are so many things I, I just can't pack in here uh, about all these secret societies and things that are happening behind the scenes. The things men are doing uh, um, in service to this power that is attempting to rebel against the true form of government. Uh, and when you read Isaiah chapter 14, 15 to 20, you will come to a realization of what will happen to this creature, to this being that began this rebellion. And, and God cannot uh, end this rebellion without one, uh, allowing this rebellion to run its course so that everyone can see the true fruits of this, of this strange form of government, this idea that you can have liberty without God. I think the French Revolution itself is, is a microcosm. It's, it's like an example of, of um, it's an example in terms of human government of attempting liberty without God. Uh, but God has to allow this rebellion to show its true face. That's number one. Number two, uh, after it has shown its true face, God again allows everyone to make their final choices. And so in history, this thing is developing. And I know people get hung up on vaccines and all these crazy weird things going on. But it's important to remember God is still in control. And uh, his plan is playing out slowly. And if we remain faithful to him, to his government, if we seek after his spirit so that it may govern us, so that we can exhibit those fruits, and so that we can uh, live properly with self-government under God. Okay. Um, if we do these things, um, this, essentially, this would be the only way in which we'll be fighting effectively against this rebellion. The rebellion, the issue, is an issue about narrative because fake liberty is passing itself off as the true thing. And again, I'm not one for um, 
you know, conspiracy theories. Uh, but I would rather, but I listen to conspiracy facts. <laughs> if there's something that can be validated, I'm listening. And, you know, there are many things that are happening. Um, usually people, people who haven't read history might think history is conspiracy theories. Okay, but um, suffice to say basically that we have a choice to make individually uh, whether we will follow after the government of God or whether we will follow after this phony fake government and the Lucifer unleashed on existence. Are we going to seek for liberty without God? Or liberty under God. And all these things, it's a smoke screen. Uh, these things about, you know, like people, like honestly, are you going to have, when are you going to have good leaders? It's never going to happen. When are you going to set up enough laws to stop corruption? It's never going to happen. You think there's no corruption in the US? Even with all its strong institutions? Of course it's there. The issue here at the end of the day, I mean we can try our best fine, go ahead. But at the end of the day, it is submitting ourselves to the true form of government, to God and to his gospel. So I'll see you guys next time. Hopefully I'll bring in my friends and co-hosts so we can talk about this thing more so much hunted to say but hunted to keep it under 40 minutes which i've also failed yes but until next time